It is easy when you look at this verse to think, all right, let's forget 2021 and 2020. Indeed, these past two years can be summarized in the words that the days are like years, but the years are like days. Yeah, the days, every day was difficult. Every day was hard. Every day there was a challenge. Every day there was something new. We were living in anxiety, in fear, worries, not knowing what's happening. And then you get to the stage where you feel just blasé about everything. You feel locked down. You can't go anywhere and you just give up trying to plan. But then as we reach 2021, as you look back into the whole year, you realize it's just passed. The two years have just gone by. It's as though something amazing happened, weird happened, but I don't remember much about it. it just went, and we're here in 2022. It almost feels like yesterday was 2019, December 31, and I was like telling my friends about the plans we have for the next year, and I was thinking about traveling to the U.S. in January for my studies, and I did. I made it back, and then all of a sudden, everything changed. And then before you know it, church changed. Our community changed. Eating out for my economical bihun changed. Things changed. Everything changed. And it was just suddenly you feel, what's going on? And then before you know it, it's gone. Or it's going. Better go faster, right? So today I'm going to talk about the idea of a new beginning. I told you I took a sabbatical from preaching to think and pray about it. And in the midst of all that was a lot of new things coming into place. And God was saying, what is that going to do about this new year? What is that going to do in terms of this new thing? Because this year, actually today, marks a lot of new. Today, officially, this building has a new owner. Is now officially under the Singapore Conference. The union that we all know for the past 20 over years is, is gone. That's so strange. It was like before when 1,800 had a division and they just moved out and all of a sudden something just drastically changed. All right, there's a new way of, a new year and then yesterday was a new wave of uh, celebration. I heard the, the, the fireworks all around Singapore about 12 o'clock. I, I tried to look out my window. I couldn't really see because there was just one block between me and the fireworks. I saw the smoke, <laughs> not the fireworks. So I went on YouTube to look at it. So sad. Bishan. Yeah, it was the Bishan one. I couldn't really see it. Yeah. And soon in... Um, a week's time, we're going to be voting for the new leadership for this country for the next term. How about your life? What is going to be new this year? What's going to be new? What are you going to try and do? Or have you just given up? You've given up trying to think and plan because everything's changing so fast. It's so unexpected. You don't know how to plan ahead. So you're just going to go with the flow. But one thing that I like to talk about is, I'll explain now why I got the young adults to keep seeing Christmas carols. First of all, I love Christmas carols. So luckily, I don't own any shopping malls or they'd be playing all year round. Now they're just playing Chinese New Year song already. I'm like, already? Give it one more week, man. You know, the supermarket have just taken away all the Christmas decorations. Now it's all the Chinese New Year decorations out. All the ang baos of different tigerness is out. <laughs> 
So you have a tiger coming, if you don't realize. But Christmas to Christians is not a day. Christmas is not even a season. Christmas is not December 25th. Christmas is a person. Christmas is a lifestyle we adopt. You know why I love Christmas? Because Christmas is where my friends who are non-Christians would greet me, Merry Christmas. And I reply, Happy Holidays, of course. But in that greeting, there's an acknowledgement of the God I worship, even though we don't talk about Him in all our other interactions. But during Christmas, when I depart from our gatherings, and they say, Hey, James, you're Christian, right? I'm like, Yeah. Merry Christmas. And I say, thank you. Happy holidays. It's good to celebrate Jesus. As much as it's been commercialized, as much as it's been merchandised, it is still one of the most awesome times in the year where most people will not be offended if you talk about Christ. If you're talking about the Christ, the adult offend, talk about Christ, the baby. Talk about the nativity scene, that there wasn't three wise men there was probably 30 or 300. There wasn't two shepherds. There was a lot of sheep, maybe, along the shepherd. They wouldn't ditch the sheep in the mountains. And probably when the wise man came, Jesus was two years old and not a baby. Hey. But it's a good time. You can talk about Christ and the Spirit of Christ. And why do I want to talk about Christmas today on the 1st of January? It's because you have received a lot of gifts. Lucas did. And you've ate a lot of food. You're going to continue eating. This year, Chinese New Year is really early. So the party started on the 20th of December. It's going to end 20th of February. But are there people around you who still need to experience Christmas? They have not experienced Christmas despite the Christmas season. Is there a, a stranger in your gates? I know we don't own huge houses with gates that encompasses land maybe, but is there a person in your neighborhood, in your block, in your area of living that you don't really know, but you interact with this person occasionally that needs to experience Christmas but have not experienced it yet? And you represent Christ to this person. So maybe we should not forget Christmas and go back and, and remind this person with a gift or something that Christmas the God of Christmas, Jesus loves him or her. Maybe there's an acquaintance that you, you know a little bit, you don't know very well, that once in a while you'll keep in touch that maybe needs to be reminded about Jesus in this chaotic time, this Christmas who brings us peace, joy, and hope. Remember, note that I put peace first because I think it's such a critical part of what we need this year. Maybe there's a family member or a friend a close friend that you take for granted, that maybe you need to remind this person that Jesus loves him or loves her. And that's why Christmas shall not end. We will stop saying Christmas carols from next Sabbath onwards, I promise. But the Spirit should continue to live in every Christian, every day, all the time. That anybody that comes into contact with you should experience the blessing of Christmas. 
if you go to mountains, uh, if you go to places where I like to go, where not just, there's not just mountains, but there's water. That's why I really like Portland. Because there are mountains that I climb that you go to the top, it's like brown. And just like dry nothingness. But in Portland, you don't need to work very hard to get to the top of a waterfall. In fact, if you go to one of the most beautiful waterfalls in Portland, it's, it's called the Mount Noma Falls, you take like 200 meters of walking and you see the majestic fall. And then as you drive along, there's like neckties of falls that go the whole way of an hour, I think an hour's drive, you see waterfall after waterfall after waterfall. So I love to look at waterfall from the bottom, and I used to like to go under the waterfall, but it's not very safe for some of these waterfalls. But I also like to go to the top to see where it comes from, where it originated, how the water flow. And it's amazing how if you go to the top, there's not much there. Because there comes to a point at a waterfall where it's just nothing. Then geography comes into play and go, oh, right, it came from the cloud. The water and then goes there and then goes down. And it's like, oh, okay. If you go to some taller mountain, higher mountain, you would see snow, right? Snow. And in, in, uh, another reason I like Portland is there's a snow mountain that is, there's snow 365 days a year. You go in summer, you can still go skiing. Amazing, right? So I'll drive up there. There's a bit of track up. You see this frozen snow mountain cap, and then it melts, and then it brings this water down all the way down to the bottom. Beautiful, beautiful places. But the fact is, Christmas is like the origin. You go to the, the origin of the waterfall, you look at it, and see this is where the water starts. But what will the water do? Some of the amazing places that you should visit one day is this irrigation of, of the, the, the fields where it's filled up and it's planting rice and various grains. What water does is as it flows down, as it floods, as it fills places up, it brings life along with it. In fact, the other day I was watching a cartoon with my son, a scientific cartoon about how when the, the desert, the certain deserts, that once a year, the whole desert will be flooded. All right? I don't remember the name of the desert, sorry. And then after the, the water recedes, life comes even in the midst of a wilderness and desert. So if Christ, we're reminded of Christ in, in, on Christmas, that He's the life-giving source of our Christian belief, where should it go? Where should it go? How should we impact you and how you live? In fact, I don't think the New Year starts on the 1st of January, if you want to put a date on it. But for all Christians, the New Year should start on the 25th of December. We're reminded once again, very powerfully, about the birth of Christ. And now then, how should we live? How should ASDEC live now that we've spent a year behind TVs, computer screens, phone screens, can't do much as a community. What are we going to do? Now that we have a little bit more freedom, are we going to continue just sitting back, watching the show, watch church flicks? You know Netflix? These two years I've created church flicks. I'll watch Loma Linda today, Pioneer Memorial Church tomorrow, Forest Hill, 
Ah, maybe Mazda in Australia. Maybe I watch Mazda. Even in Singapore, Jurong Church, Balestier Church, Thompson Chinese Church. Click, 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 click. Pastor's boring. Click, click. Man, I don't get much from this week. You never heard, you never hear the whole sermon. How do you get anything? You just go to the conclusion of every sermon. So what are we going to do after this church flicks two years of sitting back and, and listening and watching? And I should stop walking. I forget that we're still on camera. <laughs> Poor Kelly. But let us go to the scripture. Let's go to Isaiah 43. And ask God, what should we do? Isaiah 43, verse 14 to 19. Isaiah 43, verse 14. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I send to Babylon and bring them down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans in the ships in which they rejoice. 15, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. 17, who brings forth chariots and horses, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a week. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it, nor consider the things of old? Oh, and reverse, sorry. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It's strange. It's a strange passage. Because before the verse that he talks about, remember not in verse 18, he kept reminding them of things that he's done in the past. What are you talking about, God? First you keep reminding me, then you say, remember not. Are you trying to remind me or not? What are you talking about? It is easy if you just read verse 18 to say, all right, it's a reset. We just move ahead. We don't remember the things of the past. But God himself specifically mentions his deliverance of Israel. So what is God trying to remind us? What is God trying to do? What is God trying to say? Does he ask us to in every year make a new resolution? I don't know whether any of you made new resolution. You're going to forget it in six days. Scientifically proven. If not, 16. If you're doing really well, three months. By six months, if you've not forgotten it, you've succeeded. Which is 1%. So one person out of 100 is going to be able to do it. It's okay. Keep trying. But what is God doing? Why is God reminding the people about the past things that he's done? And then he goes, remember not. What is Jesus saying? What is God saying to the people? But first, let us look at what he's mentioned. He mentioned how the Israelites were captured by the Babylons and how he delivered them from them through the Persians, Middle Persians, who then later on gave them the rights to go back and reconstruct the city 
And he reminds them further back about how they were captured fugitives by Egypt and then how Moses delivers them, bring them across the Red Sea, the water parted, and the chariots that came after them were swallowed up. He reminded them that. Then he says, For remember not those things. Is he asking us not to think about what he's done for us? No. Or yes. Because it's easy to look at the things God do for us and forget the person who's done it for us. See, I wouldn't want my son to remember all the gifts that I've given to him, but not remember who gave it to him. Because it's so easy as Christians to want the things God can do for us, want the miracle, we want his power, his deliverance, even his forgiveness, but we don't want him. What have you been focusing on for these past two years? In fact, these two years could be a blessing to a lot of us who have been so busy with life, not just work, but having fun. So God allowed us to be locked up in our houses, to have nothing else but Him, and maybe your husbands, to say, you want a sabbatical? Here you, get, here you go, two years of it. What have you done with these two years of abundant time? What have you done with these two years of no travel? There was a research that came out recently that I was reading that most, the, the thing that Singaporeans spend most of, the, of their time doing is waiting at the airport and in a plane. And it's true. Last time, whenever there's a public holiday, I love it because the road's empty. Most of them are in between Malaysia and Singapore. Most of them are there, stuck in the causeway. The rest of them are in Changi, with some of them on planes, and the others trying to check out on the other side. Love it. You can know. You know when school holiday is. You know when there's a long weekend. You can just feel it immediately. I would just drive out of my car park, and like, oh, it must be a long weekend. But these two years, we redeemed those time that we were spent being stuck and being angry that the car is not moving in front of us fast enough. What did you do with those time that God has given to you? Even for some of us who had to spend, sorry, I, I, I laugh, but time in quarantine, I had a friend who, who spent 14 days and then he he flew to a place that didn't have quarantine to learn that he has to be quarantined on arrival. So his whole holiday was quarantined. <laughs> I like, bro, Merry Christmas. So we chatted online a little bit. He showed me the wonderful place that he would have seen from his quarantine hotel window. For three days, he was in there. His holiday was seven days, so he got four days. The last day was supposed to fly home, so he got three days. He flew for like 15 hours. Poor dude. But in those quarantine places, if you had to be in there, what did you do? Food delivery app. Who will deliver? Bin watch TV if you had one. Trying to get some fresh air from the window. What did you do? Do you know during all those times, Jesus was there? 
waiting for you. What are you going to do in this new year? Are you going to keep living your life, trying to get back to the normal way of living and keep ignoring the God who died for you? Christianity is not about worship services. Christianity is not even about singing. Christianity is not about communion. Christianity is not about tithe and offering. Christianity is not even, well, careful, eh? Not even about reading the Bible. Because you can read the Bible and not read the author of the Bible, not know him. Christianity is about knowing the God who loves you. If you've gone through your entire life being a good Christian, outwardly, memorize the scripture, never late for church, always serve, the, but not know Jesus, then we need to start again. Then we need to renew. And that's why God says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of all. Why? Because I am going to do a new thing. Walking with Jesus as a Christian is a daily new experience that we get to go through every single day. Don't tell me, 10 years ago, God was good to me. He saved me. Praise God. But what is He going to do to your life today? What is He going to do tomorrow? What is He going to do the day after? Are you experiencing Him anew, having fresh testimonies every single day as you walk with Jesus? Or are you going to keep talking about that one time? That two times. God wants to do new things in your life, not because He's asking you to forget what He's done, but He says, look forward, there's more. But don't forget me. You can forget what I can do, what I have done for you, but don't forget what I can do for you because I am still loving you. God wants to do a new thing in your life today and every day. Not just yesterday. Today and every day, God wants you to experience His power, His miracle, His amazing grace in your life today and every day. Every day, He says, I want to do a new thing. And this new thing is like water through a wilderness, bring new life. This is not my computer. It'd be awesome if it was mine. <laughs> but one of the things when I used to use the PC... I still do once in a while. Is that after a while, you need to do one very important thing. Reboot. I had a friend in national service who, who knew computer pretty well. <laughs> and he thought people didn't. Unfortunately, I was an IT student. And so he would sit there and every time I walk past his screen, I'll see him defragging the computer. For those of you who don't know what defrag is, defrag is when your computer has been used for a while and it's fragmented. Your memory is used fragmented, so it doesn't flow as smoothly. So this particular command will take all the gap in your memories, not physically, but virtually, and then stack them up together so that your thing flows better. You do that once every six months, if necessary at all. My friend does it every day. And the officer will come. He's not very good with computer, as you can guess. Oh, so-and-so, what are you doing? Sir, I'm defragging the computer. It's very important. And my sir will go, oh, yes, 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 yes. Walk away. And I'm like, bro, what you doing? Important thing in life, slacking off. 
But the truth is, you do need to. If your computer is slow, maybe you have not turned it off for too long. Right? You need to turn it off. If all windows, wait for 10 seconds. It's important because you need the memory to, the power to go out of your machine, flush it, so everything resets, and then you turn it on again. So is everything new? In a way, yes. But the machine is still the same machine. The hardware is still the same hardware. The software is still the same software. But it works better because you reset and allow it to rest and start again. These two years, we've been given a rest. Rebooted. And now we're going to go into a new way of living. Now your machine has booted up and it feels faster than before. It could be just psychologically. But every time I reboot, I feel my computer is a bit faster. Wow, flows. So we've rebooted. Now what? So what do you need to reboot in your life is the first question I'm going to ask you today. What are things you're just going to need to like shut down and then restart? What is something that you need to just like, ah, oh, I need to just give it a break to come back and look at it again? What is something, think about it, church. What are you going to reboot in your life in this 2022? It's easy to plan ahead, plan ahead, plan ahead. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to fulfill this task, do this. But to what to need to take out, what you need to take out, this is just important. I like my phone. My phone, once in a while, will go through all my apps automatically and suggest apps I should delete because I haven't touched them for too long. So I'm an app hoarder. If I download an app, you know, I researched it, it's really good, I, like, I just want to keep it. I'm like, this is awesome. But some apps are just too good to be used. <laughs> so I use it once, really awesome, and I don't use it again because it doesn't fit my lifestyle. My workflow doesn't need it. It's just an awesome app that doesn't fit my life, but I don't like to delete it because it's an awesome app. But my, my phone, once in a while, come out. Suggest the app to uninstall. I used to be like, ignore, put to sleep. And then after a while, I'm like, then I'll see how long I've not touched it. There's one app I didn't touch for two and a half years. Why? Uninstall. And I realized it took out a lot of my phone memories. 80 gig. I mean, all these unused apps, right? All these unused apps. Got rid of all of them. Now my phone's flying. What do you need to reboot? What do you need to get rid? And what do we as SDAC need to reboot? What do we need to get rid? What do we need to stop? What do we need to rest? We're not stopping the online streaming. But what are things we may need to stop? So it gave us a chance to rethink about how church function, how church work and start again. What are we going to do? We need to think. So what do we as a whole, is it, first of all, our attitude? There's not just this one hour in church, two hours in church. I was just chatting with my friend, and again, I've mentioned this many times. This is going to be the new Orchard Road Fringe. It's going to be like 5,000 HDB units down the road. It's going to be like two condominium mixed development shopping center across the road. It's going to be four or five more blocks up the road to Payo there. Like we're going to be like a church in the middle of like shopping centers. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? 
first of all, we should put out a huge sign on the right side. You know the sign now just face like Far East Flora? They know us. We buy flowers from there all the time. I get membership discount. I go there like, oh, Pastor James, 10% off. So they don't need the sign. The sign should shift to Thompson Road. You should face Topayo. It should be neon. No, it shouldn't be neon. <laughs> People should see that there's a church here. If they're moving for the first time into this area, they're looking for a church. There's only one competitor. Hey, friend, I'm my friend from Topayo Methodist Church. But they're on the, the other side. We are on the south side. If they're looking for a church, this is the only one. This is the only one. I'm sure in the new 5,000 units, they're going to give more land for churches, but they'll be the newbie. They're the rookie. we the old, 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 old guys, right? So we should have claims to first claims to everybody moving in here. What are we going to do about that? If I say next week, let's go out and, and give out flyers to all the HTB block, who will go? We should. I'm going to put like, if you've not noticed, we used to have this six meter by three meter banner thing. It's coming back. All right? Spotlight. Then I'm going to put another one on the other side. And when they come, what are you going to do with them? They're not Adventists, mind you. They just live in the area. What are you going to do? And further up the road, there are people who need the service of this community. What are you doing for them? We've been talking about the fridge, vegetables. What if we need you to go fill out groceries every week? What if we are running a food pantry here that we need you to man during the week, that anybody in need of food can come here anytime during the day to get what they need? Would you participate? Would you join into that, that, that work? Could run a community supermarket where they get vouchers and then come and shop. Would you be here to run it as an unpaid volunteer? What are we going to do as a church? What are we gonna, how are we going to see ourselves in this new community? What, uh, what are we going to do? But for that to happen, we need to ask God, what new things do we need God to do among us? It cannot be obligation. It cannot be because Pastor James says so. It cannot be out of guilt or legalistic of mindset. It has to be out of a transformation. I'm just talking to those who, are, who got baptized and who are getting baptized about baptism. That all of us wish, we all wish that, that water is magical. That we just go in, no sinful thoughts, godly people, suddenly memorize the Bible immediately without having to try hard. I wish that was the case, yeah. But it's not. But what is it then? I say it's not miraculous, but it's spiritual. It's a commitment to say, God, now you have free reign in my life to transform my desire and my thoughts to make me love you to the extent that I would do what you asked me to do without objecting. So what new things do we need God to do among us? Let's ask ourselves as we sing one last time our Christmas carol. Amen.
thank you, Pastor James, for that uh, amazing sermon. He has taken the words right out of my, right out of my mouth. So uh, let us all rise as we sing our final Christmas carol of the season, but not for the rest of our lives. Has received the benediction. Father, our God, may your love fill us and may Jesus' grace empower us and Holy Spirit be with us as we go out from today on to experience the new thing you want to do in us, with us, and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated.